0: It's the When Fishing Podcast. Applying techniques. Then I put the C-rigs on the A-rigs. Bringing fresh ideas. They can't all be good ones. Talking stories. You know, I'll, 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 reports. All about, about the Conservation. Way. You're probably too close. All to make you, and I, better fishermen. Hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, it's been a it's been a week. It's been a week of some fishing, uh, some success, some failure. Uh, we'll get into it right now, right after the break. Nope. Um, I went a uh, surf fish in the last two days in the O. C. Uh, just, like, hour sessions each, and, uh, uh, pretty much working, like, right before high tide into, maybe onto the peak high tide, actually, no. The first day was, uh, like, basically the hour after peak high, and then the second day was, which was today, um, was, like, the hour before up to peak high, yes, and, uh, First day through uh pumpkin seed grub and then uh switch to gulp sandworm uh I might have got uh a bite or two, but I had some real wacky vibration feels during those bites, so it might have just been some bizarre fluke wave thing with the wave um, yeah, uh. Lots of holes. We're uh you know, we're like a week after the after that big old storm. So uh sand's all churned up and got some nice holes and trenches and all that shit. And it's uh it looks fishy. Nice uh nice contrast between like greenish clear water and then like the milkier uh water with the rips and uh looks fishy but no fish. Second day today uh switched after about 20-30 minutes to a cast master from the sea rig and uh uh didn't get a bite on that either looked uh nice nice looking water clearish water for halibut or something like that but no uh no real bait fish around either days um uh didn't see it inside or outside of the break or even miles off um i have been seeing on the boat uh uh scattered schools of anchovies uh they've been they've been in relatively thick uh through the winter uh mostly anchovies, and then I finally found a few mackerel uh, tight to the bottom. I didn't have my transducer, it's a long story, but uh, (laughs) uh, uh, I drifted off of the spot that I was on via GPS, and uh, uh, after like a couple hundred feet, just dragging for dumb bullshit with uh, lollygo tentacles, uh, uh, picked up a handful of mackerel, which were the first I've seen them since, I don't know, December or November or something like that, and, uh, so that was good to see. Um, she made them and, uh, uh, fucked around with bridling them, and I didn't have a needle, so it was kind of a clusterfuck. Uh, learned several ways not to, uh, uh, to bridle a mackerel. Uh, yeah, so... There was all that. Uh, yeah, also on the boat trip, uh, it was just a little, probably what, like a four or five hour jaunt um, around the San Pedro Bight, and uh, uh, saw, you know, saw the anchovies around, uh, caught those mackerel, uh, went inside uh, poking around the oil islands looking for some... Uh, some Critter, tiny critter, fishing with, uh, like I said, using number 10 double dropper loop, uh, two ounce sinker, uh, number 10 hooks with lollygo tentacles on them, and, uh, uh, poked around a little bit, caught a senorita, uh, didn't really get any bites after that, and then I started fucking around, uh, tuning a bunch of, uh, cheap crankbaits I got on eBay, uh, they swim they swim pretty well they will work out all right and i uh, uh these uh matsuo deep diving trolling crankbaits like long and skinny they say they go down to like 10 to 20 feet or something like that i don't know if i believe any of that shit but uh it gets down and it shimmies tight but uh it wasn't looking very good tuned it looks great now um i like to uh what was working for me the past couple of years was uh, sticking uh, crankbait on the bottom of my sabiki and slow-trolling the sabiki for mackerel and sardines and whatnot. And it uh, uh, worked out really well because, you know, it uh, the crankbait keeps the whole rig um, subsurface and uh, you get bit, it and then it adds a little bit of a shimmy to the uh, sabiki rig in itself, and uh you'll get bit on the crankbait and on uh on the sabiki hooks so that's a nice little thing i've been uh using for a while and uh i don't really hear anybody else doing that so thought i'd share uh yeah you know you you don't have to put a, a sinker on that little snap swivel i'm sure somebody knows this shit i'm sure a bunch of people know this shit but you know hadn't heard of it before so there you go um. So, oh yeah, and then uh to uh top off the boat trip, I was going to um uh, drag those dead mackerel around for how a bit and then just kind of got the gut feeling that there was nothing around uh in the mud, no real not much bait outside of like the scattered schools of anchovies um it there wasn't like birds working or anything like that it wasn't super rich so uh and most of the and all those anchovy balls are at least like half mile or more offshore the The more offshore you go the more the more there are to an extent i don't know i haven't seen more than a few miles out as of late but uh yeah so then after, uh, after I bailed on the, on the mackerel slow trolling bullshit, uh, I was like, you know what, I wanna treat me and my girl to some sandwiches. Uh, so, uh, uh, I had about an hour left, I figured, uh, I wanted to see if I could call my shot, I figured I could go over to this one rock, this one stone, and, uh, uh, three-way troll, uh, the jerk bait over it a few times i bet I, I was betting on myself to uh pick off like half a dozen fish and if two were legal and i'd bet two would be legal uh, then uh i'd keep those two and uh, get the fuck out and go home and uh, that's exactly what happened um our first pass got one second pass got my legal uh i probably did about like eight passes or so and uh Last fish was, a a decent legal, and, uh, uh, cut the line and headed in, and, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was, a it felt good to call my shot with that. And then I'm also trying, uh, trying not to spoil my own spots when I, I know, I know a couple spots are kicking out right now for me, and, uh, I don't want to overpressure them. So, something I'm practicing, just like, uh have have a bag of tricks and don't overuse the bag of tricks so i'm gonna now that it's uh march one i'm gonna go look around or it's past march one uh but not rockfish season hello tummy uh (laughs) my featured guest today jeremy's tummy um yeah uh from like march to april i'll i'll start Picking around for a uh, for a sheephead spot or more or two, uh, and uh, look around for some whitefish spots. I've got a couple consistent whitefish spots up in like uh, marine out of Marina Del Rey and uh, what was that Santa Barbara, but uh, haven't really found my spots in the OC. So I'd like to I'd like to pick around and. Find my options and have them there for when I need it. Uh, love to grocery shop for my fish. Uh, uh, yeah. So, water's been cold. I was barefoot at the beach today and it, (laughs) my feet fucking hurt for like the first five minutes and I got over it. But, uh, uh, water. On SSTs are still, like, 53 to 55. I saw them bump up a little bit on, like, way on the outside, like, past Catalina up to, like, uh, fifty nine sixty 60 for, for just, like, a day or two. I don't know if that was just some weird misreading or something like that. But uh, it was... It was uh, interesting. Sorry about it. Um, Waiting for... The mackerel to come in a little thicker and then start picking those off and using them for uh threshers. And then uh hopefully the bluefin will be not far behind. They've made passes on the uh offshore inside uh the last couple of years. So I'm kinda hoping that uh that I can be on top of that when it happens again. I really want to learn how to catch and release bluefin tuna this year. I haven't even caught one in my life yet, but uh, I think it'd be super cool because I don't know what the fuck to do with 100 pounds of bluefin meat. So far, I've eaten bluefin a couple of times, and I haven't really liked it. Uh, it's been a uh, not I it I guess it hasn't been like you know. Hashtag F O T B fresh off the boat, but uh uh I would think it'd be better than than what it tasted like. Like yellowfin yellowfin frozen for a couple months is better than bluefin frozen for like a couple days so far from my experience. Uh but yeah. I'd like to I'd like to hang one and keep one and you know fill my fr- fr- <laughs> fill my freezer with that and then uh and then spend the rest of the window just figuring out a program of uh, catching and releasing them like safely and efficiently and all that shit kind of thinking that uh um one idea that I that I'm that I have that I don't think anybody's going to say is a good idea but I don't think it's a bad idea um uh I know that some people particularly I forgot who in particular it was a it was a well-known it wasn't Lefty Cray. it was somebody else some uh or was it no anyways um I think it was Lefty Cray's buddy you would certainly know if you knew fish names uh he's he he's been tying he's i think he's still alive he's been tying uh, he's very old elderly statesman i want to be nice i don't want to just be like this fucking old piece of shit um but uh this well-renowned elderly statesman uh, has been uh, tying and using uh, uh, flies on circle hooks for a long time uh, and uh, with success. And nobody wants to do it because everybody thinks that uh, with artificials you have to use uh, J-hooks because, it, you know, for whatever reason, the, the fish needs to turn on the lure or on, on the bait and you know the fish is going to slowly eat presumably more slowly eat a natu- uh uh an organic bait than a lure and then turn away and then you you know real tight on it and not set the hook um and uh but so long as the fish turns its head and so many game fish and so many predatory fish are pretty snappy in the way that they consume their food, where, like, um, you know, a tuna, from what I've seen, they do, you know, they'll... They come up, hit the bait, inhale it, whatever, and it's just a very quick motion of, like... It's kind of like a towel snap, really, where, like, they just make a, a zooming run straight at it, inhale it, and then they, you know, make just... A right angle out of there so i would think that you could get them on um on circle hooks like even on the troll um with like you know with lures uh and so i've been thinking for a while that you could stick uh circle hooks on at least some lures i don't know which ones you could and couldn't for sure but i would think um I mean, slow trolled, you know, like, slow trolled baits, like, it's already, like, a thing for, like, a pitch bait to be a circle hook, to have a circle hook in it, or, um, any natural, um, like, slow trolled mackerel or whatever, your, your bridled, um, baits that you're slow trolling, you're sticking, a sticking an inline circle on top of them, and, uh. And that's just standard but then as soon as you get over to anything else you're you're switching to j hooks and of course like there are there are people who have been on the water much longer than me who uh uh continue to profess that j hooks are for artificials but i just want to i don't know i'm going to i'm going to test it out and i'll tell you how it goes um but yeah that's another thing that uh The West Coast don't do that the East Coast do. By the way, I don't have any experience fishing, hardly any experience fishing the East Coast. I just hear, I've just listened to a lot of podcasts on it. I've listened to a lot of Seabro's fishing podcasts, shout out, and uh, uh, listened to quite a bit of uh, Millhouse fishing podcast, shout out, that's a fly fishing one of like, kind of like documenting uh, the South Florida fly fishing history, a lot of like uh. IGFA, um. Members and record holders. Tommy, what are you doing? It's my turn to talk. Uh, and uh. Yeah, they talk a lot about tarpon permit snook, um. Bone fish, some sailfish, um, that kind of stuff. Flats, fly, fly fishing. Uh, and then, uh, uh, Seabros is big on the giant bluefin tuna, along with uh, uh, what they refer to over there as canyon fishing. It's uh, we have uh, on in SoCal, we have a lot our uh our offshore style fishing or our pelagic style fishing is is what that is essentially where um they have to drive like oh pull it up they have to drive something like 100 150 miles to go from uh somewhere like uh Cape Cod or Situate or whatever the hell and uh um to get to their deep deep water they're there are canyons where the uh continental shelf is. And uh we only have to drive Well, I guess it's not the Continental Shelf, but uh we have our we have canyons in uh Southern California is, you know, like uh Oceanside and Dana Point, it's like two, three, four miles offshore. And then uh our real continental drop off is something like a hundred miles. Uh, once you get past all the Channel Islands and uh, in the outer banks like uh, like cherry and uh, I think the 15 fathom and the uh, Cortez and all that shit. And uh, yeah, so we get to experience pelagic fishing sometimes as close as like two, three, four miles offshore. And then, uh, normally more on those outer banks of, like, you know, like, past Catalina or past Clemente and in that 50 to 100 mile range or going into Mexico. If you're SoCal, I don't need to tell ya. I'm just, uh, telling East Coasters. Why do I assume East Coasters are gonna gonna listen to this? Because I think this is a very universal show. And that's important to me. Uh... I've been fucking dawdling with Google Earth in my hands for the last, like, two minutes. Sorry. Uh, yeah, 150, 120 to 150 miles they'll run for their quote-unquote canyon fishing, which, uh, uh, they'll structure their, uh... uh, They'll structure their charters or their, uh, their trips to be basically overnighters of, like, drive all night to get there and then fish all day and then come back, um and we have that for like going down to like Mexico or going going over to like Cortez I suppose um, stuff like that San Nick uh what the hell was I talking about um I was just kind of going through uh what those other podcasts are about and I think you should listen to those if uh if you want to learn stuff if you want to like get outside of your box outside of your little 3,600 tray and turn yourself into a 3,700 tray. Stop being a little bitch 3,600 tray. Turn yourself into a whole goddamn 3,700 Plano tackle bag full of tricks. You should listen to, uh, Seabros and, uh, uh, and, uh, and you East Coasters, listen to West Coast Listen to listen to Casting Crank. Shout out, Nick I listened to almost all the episodes Of that one um, Very good info on there For fresh water and salt um, You know how to pick the brains, Nick Uh Alright, moving on from that um i wrote down cooking sandbass and cooking sea cucumbers so <laughs> I, <laughs> um i found a bunch of i found a handful of sea cucumbers uh, as of late i found two at the beach yesterday one was blue and one was uh, like orange brown or something like that and i saw found another one in the stomach of a sandbass which made me uh wonder about what kind of benthic organisms i can Uh, I can imitate via uh, purchases on eBay and uh, and then uh, somebody uh, perked up and told me that uh, sea cucumbers are a Chinese delicacy. Uh, It's not something that I wish to try but I had to Google it and uh, apparently they're a Uh, So they look like a little fucking brain stone thing. And it's just a squishy little fucker. And I don't know if it even moves on its own. And uh, fact check me. Google it. Somebody Google it. Oh, wait. So, uh, yeah, so they'll, uh, they'll like, it doesn't have any flavor. It's just a squishy little thing. And uh, you can just flavor it however you want. And I don't like squishy things so I'm not going to try it but uh if you have any um recommendations on how to cook your sea cucumbers let us know um something I do enjoy cooking though is a sand bass among the many other flaky white meat fish out here the the white fish and the and the rockfish and the bass. Um, I've been making, uh, as of late, I've been making fish tacos, uh, like a tuna salad, except with like uh, white white fish meat, um, you know, like just like the, the mayo and the relish and the salt and the pepper and the Worcestershire sauce, Worcestershire sauce. And, uh, yeah, it's a good, I like that. And it stays in the fridge without getting too fishy. I'm, I'm always worried about saving leftover fish. I try to just eat whatever I cook, but with the fish salad, it, it stays pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to try some, I want to figure some new ways to cook fish this year but uh so far that that stuff has been those menu items have been uh uh kicking out the results for me i went on uh on my daily ebay window shopping binge that hopefully won't turn into uh jesus that won't turn into a uh, a checkout binge but uh since there wasn't really or there haven't been any sand crabs as of late and there hasn't really been any uh um bait fish inshore at the beach i've been thinking that uh maybe now would be a good time to start trying uh more different flavors of uh mini lures for the perch and all those things like perhaps some like uh, orange grubs that would represent, in my eyes, um, some uh, like ghost shrimp, or uh, something like that. And uh, I found a handful that I, I I'm curious about. Um, I found some big bite baits, fat grub, two inch twist tail plastics. New old stock. Uh, apparently they're scented. They look pretty good. Um, they're like a yellow orange, which is kind of what I'm looking for with those uh, uh, with an imitation of ghost shrimp. And then I found some uh, twin tail grubs in a two inch variety. I haven't really seen that before, so that's cool. Um, some Lindy What's It grubs. Those look pretty whack. They look like um, like a little Rick and Morty alien. Uh, I bet those would be, those would be good. I could imagine those being good as long as they're, uh, they've got some action. They look very, you know, alien-like, but I don't know how much action it would actually have. Um, but yeah, so, uh, thinking about all that shit. How am I gonna, how am I gonna further expand my unnecessarily large tackle collection? Well, I saw just now that the San Diego, the boat, got uh, into some uh, yellowtail. Some 18 to 25 pounders on their first stop on full-size yo-yo jigs. Full-size. Full-size yo-yo jigs for full-size kingies. Um, Presumably on a full-day trip, so I guess they're, they must be at the Coronados, right? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they're uh, kind of looking around. They they've been around the Coronado's looking and they finally struck. So that's cool. Um still haven't been over there. Been tempted, but I need to I need to get a uh, they got they got like a Coronado bracelet or some bullshit. You got to you got to get signed up with the Mexican government for that shit, but it would be cool. It would be cool to do a trip down there um, yeah, that's about it for this podcast, I think, I wish I had more, I'd like to get to at least 30 minutes, I was, I was pushing for, uh, an hour, and now that I'm here, I'm like, Jesus Christ, an hour? (laughs) If I had a real story, I guess I would, like, if I had a, uh, uh, you know, a a crazy report a very you know detailed report other than just like yeah you know i looked around I found some mackerel I found a senorita i found a sam found some sandbass like beyond that it would be a you know uh c was angie that day with my friends kind of kind of deal is gonna fill an hour but these this is uh 30 minutes so uh there you go uh, uh that's about all i have to say about that uh You know, enjoy uh, the rest of your week and, uh, yeah, sayonara.